Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you for uh, this opportunity to share part three of my New Year trilogy, which is designed to focus on some truths that will give us the best possible start to 2021, to help us uh, to put down deep and healthy roots that produce abundant and lasting fruit this year. Uh, In the first part, two weeks ago, I talked about the unchangeable person, Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Last week, I talked about the unshakable kingdom. And today, my title is The Unstoppable Mission. Just to take you back, we've seen that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've seen that as he was in the past, so he is today. He is unchangeable. As he was when he created all things, as he was when he appeared on the earth in the Old Testament, as he was when he took on flesh and walked amongst us, so he is today. He's always the same. He's the never-changing, the great I am. He called himself the I am. And we can therefore anchor our lives in him and build our churches on him. And then we saw that this unchangeable person came with the good news of an everlasting and ever-growing and unshakable kingdom. He proclaimed and he proved that he's king of kings by defeating every enemy, by defeating Satan and sin and sickness and death. And now he calls us to come into his kingdom, which is our new home, and be added to his church. And today, we're going to see that Jesus has commissioned and empowered his church, our church, to spread the good news of his kingdom. And that this is our mission, and nothing can stop it. And as before, I just want to say we will, there'll be some things that might be new, there'll be things that are definitely a refreshment and a reminder to us, but sometimes we need to go back a bit so that we can go forward a lot. So I trust that this morning we will be strengthened, we will be equipped, and we will make great progress together. I want to start by just sharing some truths that I've personally found to be really helpful as I've thought about the mission over the years. And these are things that I believe the the early church that we read about in the Bible were totally convinced of, and they're things that I believe the Lord wants us to be equally convinced of. They are four really big things, but I want to state them very briefly. Please explore and dig further. The first thing, uh, the first truth I just want to say is this, that our mission is nothing less than the outworking of God's eternal purpose. The very first page of the Bible announces that God's plan is to fill the earth with people in his image. He commissions Adam and Eve to be fruitful and to multiply. A bit later on, he promises Abraham that he will have countless descendants. And then, a bit later on, he makes a covenant with David that David will have an everlasting and ever-growing kingdom. And then Jesus' great commission to us is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28. God wants his people everywhere 
so that his kingdom comes and his glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's a great truth. The second thing is this, that our mission is nothing less than continuing what Jesus started. The first verse in the book of Acts tells us that the gospel accounts are the record, Luke's gospel is the record of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And the book of Acts shows us that the church continues in all the things that Jesus started, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and proving that he's king by setting people free and establishing churches in every place. Our mission is nothing less than continuing what Jesus started. And then thirdly, that our mission is the very reason Jesus sent his spirit. He told his disciples to wait until they had received power at the end of Luke's gospel. And at the beginning of the book of Acts, he says that the baptism in the spirit will empower them to be his witnesses. The baptism in the spirit, the the filling with the spirit, the, the receiving of power was the ultimate act of Christ's first coming. You see, it wasn't enough, if I could put it this way, it wasn't enough to have a redeemed people. Jesus needed a church empowered by his spirit so they could continue his works. If I could put it this way, he lived and he died and he rose and he ascended so that he could pour out his spirit. Because when he ascended, he he took his physical body with him, but he left behind on the earth a spiritual body, the church, filled with his spirit. And this baptism in the spirit, this empowering, is for our mission, not just for our meetings. And the fourth thing I want to say is that our mission is nothing less than the key to Christ's return. Jesus told us very clearly, very plainly, people speculate about these things. There is no need to speculate. Jesus told us when he was going to come back. He says in Matthew 24, 14, he will return when the gospel of the kingdom has been preached in every nation. And so for all these reasons, I want to say this morning, the mission is unstoppable. The purpose of God will prevail. Jesus will finish what he started. His spirit-filled followers will fill the nations. And then Jesus will return. And his glory will cover the earth. And his kingdom will not be shaken. And his church will not be conquered. This great unchangeable person has an unshakable kingdom. And the mission of his church is to make this good news, this gospel that saves and heals and transforms lives, this gospel known everywhere. And by the way, this last year hasn't changed that one iota, apart from, if this were possible, making those things more relevant than ever. I believe these are days of advance, not of retreat, of expansion, not of contraction, and that God will use these upheavals to extend his unshakable kingdom in ways that are both visible and invisible. And as we emerge into a new season, 
we must be ready for a great surge of growth. Be assured, be assured, the pandemic will not have the last word. Jesus is the name high over all. And the really great news story of 2021, whether it is reported or not, will be the advance of the kingdom as churches everywhere give themselves to this mission. Now I realize some of these things may be very familiar to you, may be perfectly understood by us. They may even, I hope, inspire and envision and excite us a little bit. But they may also seem abstract. Great doctrine, but somehow disconnected from the everyday. And maybe like you, I want to know, what does it look like? How does it happen? And how can I overcome anything that might stop me, hinder me, distract me from playing my part in this unstoppable mission? And so I want to read, I want us to read together a true story that seems to me to be positioned in the New Testament precisely to answer these questions. I want to read from Acts, the very end of Acts chapter 2, and into Acts chapter 3 up to verse 12. It's a wonderful story, but I want to roll over from the end of Acts 2 and into the story. The end of Acts 2 says that every day the Lord added to them those who are being saved. Note that phrase, every day. Every day the Lord added to them those who are being saved. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple courts. The the NIV says one day Peter and John were going up to the temple courts at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day, every day, at the temple gate called Beautiful, so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. And Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and stood and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. And while he was holding on, to Peter and John, all the people, greatly amazed, ran towards them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, the New Living Translation says, when Peter saw his opportunity, he addressed the people. And we'll just pause there. The context of this story is vital. Because the verses immediately before, Acts chapter 2, these, the last few verses, Describe a surge of kingdom advance. 
as 3,000 men and women believe and are baptized and how this triggers growth and addition every day. And the verses immediately following this, the rest of chapter 3 and into chapter 4, tell us that as a result of this incident, thousands more are added to the church. It's a time of unstoppable growth. And right in the middle of it is this story. And I believe it is here by design to tell us about one day that illustrates every day. To tell us about one man who was saved and added as an example of thousands of others. And to describe one supernatural act that was typical of the many signs and wonders that Acts chapter 2 tells us were happening in the church. And perhaps to show us how we can ride the wave of a great move of God. It's vital. Nothing stops us. And this familiar story, this outstanding miracle, gives us five simple things that will really help us this year. The first is this, to know that our mission is not our meetings. Verse 1 says, Peter and John were, were going up together, going up to the temple complex at the hour of prayer. And we must not overlook this. It happened on the way to the meeting, outside the meeting. Peter and John were on their way to pray. They were on their way to the gathering. And that's where God moved in power to heal and save and restore and transform this man's life because that's where the need was. And we must be absolutely convinced that the mission does not depend on buildings or meetings. You and I can play our part at any time in any place. We're not waiting for Sunday or for Easter or for any future dates. The church isn't closed. The mission isn't postponed. The fields are ready right now. The harvest is plentiful here and now. We are his church all the time. We're at home in his kingdom all the time. I mean, I love our gatherings. I can't wait for them to resume But I am not more suitable, I am not more usable when I'm worshipping, when I'm praying, when I'm fellowshipping with others. And in fact, as far as the mission goes, I'm probably much more useful to God when I'm not in a meeting. Meetings aren't a substitute for mission. Good doctrine is not an alternative to good deeds. And our great community, I love our great church community, but our great community must not keep us from our great commission. If we want to turn our world, or if I could say our worlds, upside down, we must let him turn our church inside out. I just want to say there's nowhere more conducive to the mission than where you will be this week. Let's really value these scattered times 
and expect to be really used in his mission. And then secondly, to say, don't miss the moments. It says in verse 2 that a man who was lame from birth was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. And, and we're familiar with this story. I've preached it many times. We know the storyline. Peter and John arrive at the gate at just the same time as the lame man. And God creates a moment in which these three find themselves sharing the same small patch of planet Earth. It's a divine appointment. It's one of those things that are mentioned in Ephesians 2.10 where it says the church is his masterpiece and he's created good works for us in advance. None of them had planned it. Neither party knew it in advance. It just so happened. But Peter and John know how to make the most of every opportunity. Verse 12 told us that Peter, seeing the opportunity. Peter knows how to make the most of an opportunity. And they are alert to this moment and what it means. And they're available for God to use them at any time, in any place. And I think the final words of Jesus that they heard are still ringing in their ears. Go and make disciples. You will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And here they are, in the heart of Jerusalem, ready to move in power, ready to be witnesses. The whole scene is pregnant with possibility. Here are two followers of Jesus, filled with the Spirit, ready to seize the moment and proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And church... Here we are, several hundred followers of Jesus, in our many places and in our many workplaces, filled with the Spirit and ready to seize every God-given moment and share the good news of the King and His kingdom. I believe participating in His mission, what it looks like, how it works, is me and you being ready for the many moments that God will use us in if we're up for it. We can't plan them. We don't put them in our diaries. We don't anticipate them on particular times, in particular days, but we can prepare for them and be ready all the time and count ourselves in and say yes to God. And then the third thing to say is this. We... We have to look and listen. If we're going to recognize these moments, it's vital we attune our senses to what's happening around us. Verse 4 says, When when he saw Peter and John about about to enter the temple complex, he asked them for help. They heard something. And Peter, along with John, looked at him intently. There's always something to see and hear every situation, every conversation alerts us to a heart cry if we look and listen carefully. Don't know whether you notice, but it says, it says Peter looked intently. And that word means to, to observe with great interest, to, to have a fastened or fixed gaze. It's not a passing glance. It's not a, a disinterested turn of the head. Peter and John were present in the moment. 
They gave the moment, they gave this man their time and attention. They'd learned that from Jesus. In Matthew 9, we read this last week, but I will read it again. Matthew 9, such a key verse for me and for us. Matthew 9.35 says, Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and, and healing every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out. Weary and worn out, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Here is Jesus, present, looking, listening, moved by what he sees and hears. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And it's very challenging, isn't it? Do, do we see what Jesus sees? Do I hear what he hears? Am I moved to action as he is? But playing our part and counting ourselves in means taking time to notice and to care. And the need around us is so urgent, so many weary and worn out. Sheep without a shepherd. And as Jesus would say, the harvest is abundant. Let us sign up and let him send us out into our mission fields. And it leads me to the fourth point, that we must give what we've got. Give what you've got. We know this verse well, don't we? Verse 6, Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Let's simply, and this is the key that unlocks everything, give what we've got, share what we have, pass on what we've discovered, allow our lives to overflow like a river bursting its banks. They, on this occasion, they gave him hope, they gave him healing, they gave him Jesus, they gave him a new start. They gave what they've got. But I just want to describe that a slightly different way. They gave away their every day. They gave away their every day. This story is about the transformation of one man's day-to-day -day existence. And it goes like this. The church, end of Acts chapter 2, the church are enjoying the goodness and the abundance of God and food and fellowship and, and favor and miracles and signs and wonders, all the needs met, daily addition. The church are enjoying the goodness of God and it tells us twice in that passage they were enjoying these things every day. Meanwhile, nearby is a man who knows and enjoys None of these things. In fact, every day, every day, whilst the church is thriving, this man is barely surviving. And in fact, he's literally begging 
every day, begging every day for something better. But Peter and John, outside the meeting, making the most of the moment, seeing and hearing, looking and listening, take what they have every day, health, hope, strength, security, take what they have every day and give it to this man. This is the church giving away what they enjoyed every day. And he goes with them and he joins the gathering and he meets their friends and he starts a brand new every day just like theirs. Participating in mission means sharing what we have. Things that seem normal or usual and things we're very familiar with but which are the longing of many. Deciding I will give away every day the unchangeable person I know and the unshakable kingdom I enjoy living in, the blessings I enjoy every day. And when we give what we've got, the mission is unstoppable. We shouldn't overcomplicate this. Later on in in chapter 4 of Acts, as Peter's explaining what happens, he calls this miraculous event a good deed. A good deed done to a lame man. Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 10, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went around doing good. Let's not overcomplicate it. We're here to do good. And let's not underestimate the impact of a simple act of love and kindness. After this man's healing, more than 2,000 people were added to the church. Church, let's be committed to give away every day. The story shows us that thousands come to Christ one by one. That every great surge of growth, every massive move of God is simply the sum total of individuals being saved. And our task is not to reach thousands. It's just to give what we've got to the next person. At the heart of an unstoppable mission is a church keeping it simple and giving away every day the good news and the good things they enjoy. And then lastly to say we must help people up and let them hold on to us. Verses 7 and 8 say that taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. It's as he raised him up that his feet and ankles became strong and, and he walks and he leaps and he joins them and he jumps and he praises God. And then verse 11 says that later on that While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people were greatly amazed. Peter reached out and helped him up. It is a powerful picture of how we can be involved. And you and I know it takes courage, it takes faith, it takes boldness to lift up a lame man. But it also takes courage, also takes boldness to share your story to offer to help, to sit and listen, to ask if you can pray. But as Peter reached out and lifted this man up, that's when the healing exploded in his body. And the same will be true for you and I, because we were born to be bold for Jesus. Just as I come to a close, I love that this man expected only a handout. That was the limit of his expectations. He expected a handout. But Peter offered 
an outstretched hand. And an outstretched hand is far better than a handout. Jesus embraced people. Jesus sat with people. Jesus fed people, wept with them. Jesus calmed their storms. Jesus touched and healed them. And he's the same today. And this is how his kingdom comes. And finally, to say this man was already at the gate. He was as close as he could get to what God was doing amongst his people. But now they take him right in. And he holds tight as they go. I, I believe every member, every family in this church is a beautiful gateway into our church. Everybody in our church family is a gateway. Others can come in through you. And near every gateway are those who've come close, those who are looking for hope, those who are needing security, those who are longing for peace. Let's be sure nothing stops us from opening up our lives and reaching out and helping them in and playing our part in this great co-mission. Let's outwork God's purpose. Let's continue what Jesus started. Let's enjoy his empowering. And let us hasten the return of Jesus. My intent over these last three weeks has been to lay a foundation, to show you a rock on which you can stand, to establish something solid on which we can build, to set forth truth that you can share with others. And it is this, that Jesus is unchangeable and has defeated every enemy and is crowned King of Kings. It is this, that he's established his kingdom which is unshakable and is building his church which is unconquerable. And it is this, that he's sending us into the world with good news of this king and this kingdom and that this great mission is unstoppable and is outworked as we embrace the moments and give what we've got. I really hope you've been encouraged and equipped and my prayer is that these things will help us to ride the wave of all that God will do amongst us this year. If this morning you need, feel the great urge within you, the desire, the need, the necessity, the, the pull, the call of responding to Jesus, please do so. If, if for you it's a question of saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Please do so this morning. Please get in touch if we can help you in any way whatsoever. Or if we can help your church or your leadership team in any way, please get in touch. There are details on the screen of how to call, how to email us. But I want to finish this morning and just invite the, the band back. We're running a little over our hour, but... I want us to finish, I want to, I want to pray this prayer in number six, and I want us to sing together the song, The Blessing. Because it's really important that you and I know that we have 
all we need. The blessing of God is upon us for our success, for our fruitfulness. The Lord bless you, church, and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Every family in the church, I want to say this, the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. And may we all know this blessing, this favor, this light, this face, this countenance shining upon us and enabling us to know the King, to enjoy His kingdom and to be used in spreading the good news everywhere. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.